0: Hi everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. This is where we talk about life after death, the questions that are very meaningful for that subject that so many people have. Today's question is going to be about grief and belief, how understanding life after death can comfort our grief, and we're also gonna talk about how it doesn't. Our guest is uh, an old friend of mine, uh, old in a couple different ways, but uh, always gonna be a little older than me. Uh, we've known each other for 13 years. He's been uh, an integral part of my spiritual growth and investigation of the afterlife. His name is John Holland. Welcome,
1: John. We're so happy to have you here today. Hi, Bob. Of course I'm here. Thank you for having me. And, and congratulations, too, on, on this site. What a, what a great idea. And you're reaching so many people and helping them in, in many ways with Afterlife TV.
0: Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And, and we had so much fun. Um, Geez, after all this time, I, I uh, was on your show last, uh, last month or something like that. We, we had such a great time, and I thought, right. this is perfect. We, we'll just reverse the roles here, and I'll start asking you the questions. Sure. Uh, I want everybody to know, John is the author of actually five books, one I don't have here, but uh, his first book is Born Knowing. Excellent book. Really, uh, the first book, uh, the first story about your beginnings, where, where it all started, uh, another book here, Psychic Navigator. If you want to learn how to, who, how to be psychic, get control, of, uh, get control of your psychic abilities. Then Power of the Soul. Wow. I love that one. Isn't that great? This is a hardcover. Still have that one. And then the last one, the, the most recent one, Spirit Whisperer, which is, which is so great. and it reminds me of a lot of things that I've written myself because you had a lot of different experiences. Absolutely. Very, very personal book again. Kind of like this one where you shared so much right. about your life and your, your experiences with like past life regression and other things. So uh, today we're going to talk about grief and, and belief. Um, and, you know, the work that you do, you're a medium.
1: You know, you've been doing this. How long have you been doing this, John? Oh, God. I'm, too, I, I, I'm losing track. I just say over two decades now. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Okay. 20, All right. Over 20 years.
1: Yeah, you kind of want to stop counting after
0: a while. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, and I and I used to watch you when uh, twenty-five people were, were showing up. You did a an event every Monday at place uh, outside of Boston. Oh, Unicorn
1: Bookstore in Arlington. yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and now you got hundreds of thousands. You know, whatever it may be, um, things have really changed. Your audience has grown, and you help so many people doing what you do. Uh, I highly recommend anybody who's watching to. Go to one of John's events. Uh, what I call, or what is known in the field, is a medium demonstration. And this is where John gets on stage. Usually, he, he, you educate the people, sure, which is awesome. You educate them about what you do and 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 how it works. And then you go on and start giving readings, random readings to people in the audience. Right. Yeah. It's it's very cool to watch. It's an, a wonderful experience and a great way to learn about the afterlife. So, and I know people can go to your your website to learn where you're going to be doing one of those events next, which is johnholland.com. So let's jump right in. Here's sure. the thing. That, and one of the things that I'm excited about having you here, John, is because, you know, so many people that visit Afterlife TV are are grieving the loss of a loved one. And uh, a lot of people think... Or,
1: go, or just about to grieve, too, Bob, too. <laughs>
0: well you know that's right you know i I remember one time i started to wonder if the work that i was doing had any effect this was probably a decade ago and and then all of a sudden people who had known me and had heard about my stories like people that were close to me sure um started losing people they started losing people in their life they they had not had a significant loss yet and all of a sudden they started calling me and emailing me and saying thank you so much because what i learned from the journey that you're going through uh, in in these investigations of the afterlife has helped me with my current loss Sure, and, and that's what this is all about That's what this su- subject is all about But the, the interesting thing that you bring to this because you've had a recent loss that we're going to talk about is a lot of people Wonder, you know do mediums grieve, you know because you can communicate with with our loved ones in spirit So we're going to talk about that, but why don't you tell us about your your most recent loss um uh, you know someone who I also care very much about
1: Jenny, tell us about that. back in uh, may fifth she she was sick, Bob, about in June of June I remember the day to June twenty eighth of two thousand and ten, she had uh, stage four emphysema and COPD, and she was in and out of the hospital, and she um, I was usually the caretaker of the family um, and of her. so mm. uh, that's when she got sick. and then one thing led to another from hospitals to ICU. To moving her out of her house to um, assisted living, which she couldn't do, she that lasted three months. To going back into the hospital to have, and then one of her lungs collapsed, and then she went to um, a nursing home. Although they call them long-term care facilities, Um, she it was a great place. So May fifteenth is when she she slipped away, uh, you know, from here. So it was uh, about it's coming up on nine months. And you asked me, um, which I think it's beautiful that we're doing this interview because a lot of people say. Well, he's a medium, um, so they think that I have less grief than somebody else. I yes, I, I do link with the other side, but it's harder for me, Bob, because she's my mother. Do you know what I mean? i yeah. when I'm ready, I'll go to another medium. You yeah. know, so but of course um, I'm bereaved, and I have my moments, and uh, you know, and I miss her, but I know she's okay, and you know, what's good, Bob, too, and for anyone who's listening when she was sick i found out everything about her illness so there was less anxiety when the doctor said something i knew exactly what they were talking about and i had a year with her bob she lasted a year and she had a lot of good days and where she was she was up she was bringing tai chi to the long-term care facility she brought it in there so i think what happened was she was doing so well some of my family forgot that she was in end-of-life stages yeah but uh... so she had a lot a lot of good days and um, what made it good for me is I have no regrets. I had a year with her, so we talked about the afterlife. We talked about how she would go, what she wanted, so I have no regrets, but doesn 't mean i don 't miss her and i 'll have my grief attacks and a grief attack is you 're walking in a store, you see something she loves, and you just break down yeah, so do I grieve absolutely yeah and uh, and the grieving starts like. Long before the person
0: actually goes I mean in your particular case and in so many other people's situations um, You know They're in this case. We'll just say that you know that they're, they're elderly you know that they're becoming sicker and You can see it coming in your particular case. There were many moments where even the doctors thought that she was five about times to, boss. five times I, yeah. <laughs> I mean that gets to you, but so it really and it and it causes
1: you to start that grieving process long before they 're gone, right oh, absolutely, and what happened, Bob, when I knew she was going, and they had a wonderful social work, and he got all the pamphlets, and of course, doing this work i 've dealt with people that have lost people. Um, I always get them after they go, you know what I mean, yeah. so this was this was very close to home, so they give you all these pamphlets and You know what to expect and the symptoms to watch for, and you know, after you know, the signs that someone's coming to get them, you know, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But there was a great analogy. There's a great analogy that I read in this little, little booklet. It had to be about just like five pages to get ready. And there's an analogy where if you know someone who is sick, and imagine you're holding a penny in your hand and you're holding it so tight, you don't want to let it go, you don't want to let it go, but eventually your hand will get tired. And it'll it'll fall out of your hand, or a wind'll take the penny out, or you'll it'll just fall off accidentally, and or it's almost when someone passes away. Imagine that, that you're holding on like they, they can't go. I accepted that she was going, so they say that like a penny, let your hand open, let the penny just sit there. It's comfortable, so you're enjoying the penny while it's there. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's beautiful yeah. and. And my mom, my mom wasn't afraid before she was, but uh, we'll get into that too, and who came to get her, and the people that she saw before she passed.
0: Yeah, Yeah, well, and so yeah, and we definitely will. It was a great analogy, by the way, because that makes a lot of sense. And 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 again, it's just you know about bringing us into the present moment and and enjoying the people while we're while they're here, and and that's for anybody, even people who are not you know dying, and. And, and and so that we're not always projecting into the future about what absolutely. might
1: happen. Yeah. So you gotta take it a day at a time. In some t- cases, it's a minute at a time when somebody when somebody is ill. And what were some of the things that you went through? Now, you talk about some of these things that they
0: gave you. Uh, first of all, were those helpful? And uh, aside from those things, were there any other things that you did to sort of help help yourself and help her through
1: this process? Well, absolutely. I made sure she went into a good place. And it's funny, when she was in assisted living for three months, um, we thought she would last there for a year; she could be independent, but that only lasted three months. But it gave me a chance to get a hold of her illness, to understand it. And then when she went into the long-term care facility, which was beautiful, okay, it was a um, it was a beautiful home in Massachusetts, um, you know, a smaller place. I got to know the staff, Bob. That's yeah. very, very important. Know who's taking care of your your loved one. Get to know them. And I didn't tell them who I was right away, okay, and no yeah. one recognized, which is fine because I'm there for my mother. And a lot of people say. Well, did you, uh, when you walked into this long-term care place, did you see elderly people popping out of the rooms that were passed away and saying, help me, call my son, the will is in the drawer. <laughs> no, I, my, I was focused on my mom, but I got to know who the staff was. Um, I got to make sure she was comfortable in her room, and I read a lot, Bob, how to, uh, what to expect, because it's the closest passing I've ever had in losing my mom. It just adds to me helping other people too, though, so hmm. know the staff, know the illness, Bob, really. Yeah. If someone is passing from something, know the illness that way you're not in the dark. I knew every med she was on every um, every 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 medicine, uh, what was wrong if they said something, and also there's plenty of support out there, Bob, too. If someone is a caretaker, yeah um, know this, and some of you who are watching this right now, if you're a caretaker, what happens to you? You start to forget about yourself ah got to forget about yourself that's right and that and the same thing happened to me and I've read all the books and but yeah I mean I still had to do my mediumship and go to events but I mean I was physically emotionally mentally exhausted you know so remember you gotta take care of yourself and find a support group um, And in the social workers at the place they're wonderful you don't have to go do this alone yeah. I have four other brothers and sisters that I got to talk to but this the staff knowing the illness knowing the place getting to know who works there it all it all helps
0: that's right. Uh, great advice there for sure. I, you know, it, you you sort of triggered some things in my head, like um, both as a medium and as a son, You did you go through these periods where you sort of felt a sense of responsibility and even maybe control, like you needed to try to control the situation, which I can only imagine would just give you a sense of anxiety and, you know, what was that like did you feel any sense of responsibility for her health in other words you had to be an advocate and watching over everything and if so how do you overcome that and even with the perspective that you understand of that life is eternal and this you know this is a short stay that we have here that sort of a thing how do you deal with all these things that are going through your head
1: well first of all I enjoyed uh, every day I I enjoy being with her and what happened was I moved her closer to me So it was easy access. She was twenty minutes away. She needed that. I was there for her. But yes, I felt responsible. because it's funny, Bob, when I was born, and I talk about this in in uh, the Spirit Whisperer, me and my mom have a very special relationship. Um, I'm the different one in the family, you know, um, doing the work that I do. I um, it seems like I've been a caretaker for my mom ever since I was born. Actually, you know what I mean. So that that wasn't new. The responsibility. She always looked up. She always looked up to me. I always made sure that she had. um, You know what she needed, and but of course, you know a lot of our mothers and fathers, very stubborn people. Mara, you eating right? You know this and that. But the responsibility, by for you know, it was overwhelming. But uh, it, she, she did everything that I asked her to do, Bob. She was a trooper. You know what I mean? She didn't fight me really on anything. Wish I got her to eat a little better, but she, uh, she was a trooper. She followed along, and she knew. Um, that I was responsible, I took the job of of doing this, and yeah. you know it, it was fine, and my brothers and sisters accepted that, and they were there for me, but yeah it was it was overwhelming and but you know Bob, I say i you know what the thing that got me it, it wasn 't the responsibility, I knew that it wasn 't going to be forever, mm-hmm. and she saw me every time the uh, hospital called, and she went into the i c u and you 're watching the You know, and she would apologize to me, and I said, "Ma, please." I knew it wasn't going to be forever. Hmm. I I knew it. She—I'm surprised she lasted a year, Bob. So Hmm. I enjoyed every single time, every day that I had with her. And one good thing about me and my mom—she had a great sense of humor. Yeah, she did. Great sense of humor, and (laughs) uh, and it's so funny. She's such a caring woman. She's in this long-term care facility. She was more concerned about her roommate than herself. Uh. You know, she would call the nurses. So. A loving woman, but uh... It, it's okay, Bob. It's you know between the help that I had and the research, yeah. You know, but like I said, you know I miss her like hell. Yeah, of
0: course you do. And you, you you brought up a great point there. You know I I've seen this with you know so many uh... people. There always tends to be if if there's if there's a few siblings, and there's a parent who's passing, there always seems to be one one sibling who you know one of the children who sort of right. steps forth and takes control and sure and, and and supports that parent it tends to be more than the others and 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 i think this is just a very common thing that i'll give you an example when when i'm worrying about something my wife melissa doesn't have to worry so she doesn't worry. you know when she's worrying right. <laughs> then I don't have to worry, you know, as long as somebody's worrying. And in this particular case, as long as somebody's taking care of mom, right, then some of the other siblings feel comfortable she's being taken care of. And what they maybe need to do, first of all, is recognize that, you can share in that. Okay. I just think sure. it's important for siblings. Anybody who's watching who, where that's happening and they're the sibling who's sort of stepped back and they're busy with Ask their them. own children and their own life. Right. Maybe they can think, maybe I can help out a bit, but also because this is a point you, so you said was okay. Maybe if you don't even can't even help with that, Maybe because they're across the country or something, you can be there for that sibling who's taken all that responsibility, and you can try to help that person because of the enormous amount that is on on that
1: person's shoulders. I think it was a great point you brought up. It's true, and you know what's funny is that you know I had my family there. If I was traveling doing a gig or you know uh, on a book tour or whatever, I would call um, and make sure that my one of my other siblings would visit her. And you know what's really great though, Bob, what I found you know when somebody passes, and many people will find this too, that Who you expect to help sometimes doesn't, and the people who you don't expect do. I mean, some people stepped up to the plate that I was never expecting. I mean, when I I was here, and I was going through it, too, and remember, I didn't have rose-colored glasses on. There were days that I was pretty messed up, and um, it's where I live on my street, and, you know, I'm a dog person. It was my dog people. My people that I walked the dogs with, that made sure that I had food. Because yeah. once again, a caretaker it forgets it to take care of himself. They yeah. made sure that I was eating properly. They would make sure that someone else was walking my dog. They made sure there was food in my refrigerator. Yeah. So who would have thought that the people that I walked my dogs with, and, and that are, and friends like that. Are the ones that were looking out for me. Isn't that wonderful? And, yeah. and and and
0: also important that you recognize, or or you know, people who are doing that recognize that you remember that. You know, it's been all you know, almost a year. Soon it'll be a year since her passing. Right. And you still remember that. And so those things don't go unnoticed. They really are appreciated. And so great, a great point to make. One of the things I want to talk about is, and I know some people do this, uh, and I know some people don't want to do it. Uh, is you actually plans her services or sure, with her
1: with her tell right. us what that was like well, she always said that um, we 're from an Italian Irish Catholic family, you know typical you know and where they carry the casket down the church, and the Ave Maria would be singing <laughs> and everybody dressed in black and my mom and i um We we discussed it. She always said that she wanted to be cremated, and you know, and I told her that I I would you know do her wishes, and she wanted to just be buried, the ashes to be buried with her parents and her other sister, and that's exactly what I did. Mm. And before she went too, I also told her that I would uh she she we took her to England. I took her to England, okay, me and a friend of mine, and she loved it so much. So I was just over there. I brought a little box of uh I bought a little box put white roses on it because that's her favorite. And then um we we planted a white rose bush in England in my friend uh Simon's yard for her. So wow. we even talked about that. We discussed what to do with her jewelry, what to so it was my mom had no I had my mom respected that I could talk to her about it where my some of my other siblings couldn't do it or they were just, you know, Walk away because they couldn't deal with it. I had to deal with it, Bob.
0: And and a lot of that is what we're doing here, you know, on Afterlife TV. The work that you do—that's sort of the point—is get people comfortable with this idea of death and the afterlife, uh, so that they're able to do these sorts of things, you know, while we're all still living. And right. I just think it was a really important ritual, if nothing else, to go through that and sure. and, and, and make sure that her wishes. Were acknowledged, and, and so that she was able to plan the service that she wanted. Absolutely, I, I think it's a wonderful thing that you did there, and I, and, uh, and and it's something that certainly uh, Melissa and I have talked about, so that. You know we can do the same thing. You know, or even don't ahead of time. not talk
1: about it, but you're right. I'm glad you're talking about because people don't. It is going to happen. Yeah. You are a soul. You're going to go back home, and you always will be. But people should talk about it before it's too late. A friend of mine, um, his parents are going through this now, and I try to tell him uh, "Are you prepared?" So, yes, you're never prepared, but you could have some things in 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 line, so when it does happen, you're not scrambling. You know what I mean? So it or worried. It, like, well, yes, well, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to cremate her or not, Cremate her. I don't exactly. know what she wanted <laughs> I, exactly, yeah, that's a horrible and situation to be in, absolutely, so you know, people don't want to talk about you know losing someone or even about your uh, losing uh about you even going. what happens when you lose the parent? you start questioning your own immortality, Bob, yeah, okay, yeah. you know what I mean, and, and I saw that, but uh, she, luckily, we discussed everything about her passing, and she did say this though um. I gotta give it to her. Every time I feel sad, this is a woman that came out of uh, ICU twice. Wow. We're watching all the levels go down, and bless her, she pulled herself out to pass where she wanted, when she wanted. So it was uh, it was incredible. That is incredible. Was she at all? Was she ever fearful of death?
0: I mean, I know. I mean, I've sat with her. You know, beside her during your events, she she attended many of your events. She was fully aware of everything that was going on with you, Um, and and yet I still, it's still possible
1: that she had some fear about dying. Did did she? Well, before she did, Bob, I think she was more fearful, worried about what's going to happen to her kids. I mean, you know, she, you know, every mother, okay. But what happened was on June 28th, um, she lost consciousness and they had to put this machine on her, a BPAP, to help get the bad carbon dioxide out of her system, and a week or two later she said to me, Johnny, remember when I almost um, passed away, or I almost died? I said, yeah, mom, because the doctor said she may never, she may not wake up. Mm. She did, obviously, but she said during that time, Bob, um, I don't know why she didn't tell me right away, but remember she was sick, she said to me that while she was there she saw a light, okay, she said that she saw a light, and me being a medium, I'm like, Was somebody there? Was it a man or a woman? What were they wearing? What did they say? She said, all she felt was a loving presence in the light. And she says, ever since that, Uh, she she was okay. Plus me talking about it and being prepared. And we we were ready. We didn't know when it was going to happen. I mean, here's a woman that was doing Tai Chi in a chair. You know what I mean? And when uh, someone has COPD, which many of the people listening know people, you never know what's going to happen with COPD. So we were prepared, but she wasn't wasn't afraid because we talked about it. And every time she went in the hospital, we thought, this is it. This is it. Yeah. This is it yeah. five times, you know? Yeah. So. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's tough. That's tough to, to do. Um, all right. Well, t- tell us a little bit about, you know, people are aware of deathbed visions. You kind of referred to it. Um, some people, when they're getting ready to pass, they'll see visions of loved ones in spirit welcoming them, that sort of a thing. And then there's also this, this is actually kind of new to me within the last year, this idea of shared uh Shared death experiences, I think they call them, shared death experiences, where other people who are in the room, people who are just there to support uh, the one who is ready to pass, um, will have some kind of otherworldly experience themselves. Either they'll feel or see in their mind's eye the the loved ones in spirit welcoming them, or not them personally, the one who's dying, Mm -hmm. or... Or they'll actually, I've heard of people actually following them along almost to like the doorway of the spirit I world. imagine. You know, you had a sort of some, an experience like that, did
1: you not? Right. Well, it's very strange. Uh, not really. I, I, you know, synchronistic events, everything happens. I know. It's amazing how it all happened. Just really briefly, okay. Um, she was in the hospital. She came out. Pulled herself out. I mean, this is the most we thought she was going. Okay. She pulled herself out of the hospital, went home. When I left, it was a Thursday. She, I was with her eating fried chicken. She was sitting up laughing and having fried chicken. Her oxygen levels were back. Her blood pressure was back. And I said to her, um, Mom, I'm supposed to go to Canada, which is only like 90 minutes by flight from here. And the doctor came in. She was amazed. And my mom's talking about when can I go to the beach? You know what I mean? When can I get out again? I'm like, Ma, can please, Ma? You just got here, okay? So I said, Ma, should I go? And she said, Go. And I'm like, I don't know, Ma, if I should go. And she said, Go. And the the nurse came in, and I said, You know, on that Thursday, I was flying out the next day. She just waved at me, and she said, Just go. So I went, and then um... she started getting uh, Friday, Saturday, she was okay. Then she was going. I got the call to come back. She was going downhill, and we knew that this was it because. Where she was, Bob, at the nursing home or the long-term care facility, they loved her so much, they weren't supposed to. She had a DNR, do not resuscitate. Yep. Twice, they loved this woman so much that they kept sending her to the hospital. And I kept saying, do not <laughs> resuscitate. <laughs> you know, and she wanted that, so she had to go do that. Uh. So um, I get the call and to come back. But what's, what's amazing, this one trip, now David Kessler, is a Hay House author. He worked with um, Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Okay, yeah, His yeah. book is Vision Trips in Crowded Rooms. It's about what the dead see before they pass away. So I'm having dinner with Brian Weiss. Okay, our buddy, and then I said there was an empty chair there, and I said, well. I, we made reservations, and I always I added one extra person because you never know if someone's going to join us. Well, who joins us but David Kessler? Awesome. He's the number one bereavement counselor in the world. Okay, he's there when there are uh, tragedies in the world, and you know they fly him there. He's head of five palliative care, so he sits down. I start telling him about my mother, oh. and he gave me some great advice. And he said, John, when I walk into a room that someone's passing nothing is wrong what's happening in that room okay he walks in there like it's a natural process nothing is wrong so that was a great tip and he showed a video and he gave me some great advice and then I got the call about my mom so what are the chances that I am sitting with the number one bereavement counselor hours before my mom passes okay Uh, so she said my mom said she always she wasn't scared because my mom being mediumistic too and but um my mom had a boyfriend that we never knew about that she almost married. So this came out like not too long ago, and she's the one that she, my, she, he was the one that was my mom was supposed to marry. And I'm like, Ma, what about Dad? I mean, she's separated from my dad and I'm divorced. Yeah yeah, but he came to her um, in a soldier's uniform, and she said, "Guess who was here today?" And I'm thinking, um, I don't know, Mary, Dolly, one of our relatives." She said, "No, Wayne came to see me." I said, "Really?" And this was like two weeks before he passed away. I said, "What did he say?" She said he was sitting at the edge of my bed, and he just said, I'm just checking in on you. Now, a lot of people, pop with deathbed visions, okay? It's, th- what, what about David's book, Visions, Tri- Trips in Crowded Rooms, doctors don't talk about it because they're not, they do what they do, but it's the nurses, mm. the healthcare workers, the social workers, the hospital people, they're the ones that see people Call out to someone. You may see someone, um, this has happened, you see them stretching and reaching and you think that they're, you know, having a fit. They're actually reaching up for their loved one. Sometimes people will look off in the corner of the room and just stare. Sometimes they will actually see someone. But the people, um, a lot of uh, family members, will say, oh, they're hallucinating. My mom wasn't on a hallucinogenic drugs, Bob, and a lot of people aren't. So I really believe that those on the other side come to see you show before you go I mean me they come to me too but I'm a medium If they supposed to come to me do you understand right alright but uh, she had that and as a matter of fact where we were at Brigham uh, at this place um, in I almost said the name it's fine that's nice uh, in, yeah in Massachusetts she um the staff I started to get to know me and they said well this place is haunted and I said yeah really oh, me okay and she says what happens is before somebody passes Sometimes they will hear children laughing,
0: okay.
1: so I said to my mom jokingly, "Ma, you hear the kids run, ma, run! <laughs> okay. You hear children run." <laughs> they said that they are kids, and it used to be an old, uh, it's an it's an old manner. So maybe these kids uh, before somebody passes. Now some of the nurses talked about it, and some of the nurses says, "I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it." Right. Or right. Sometimes they would smell cigar smoke. Also, so mm. my mom, people were coming to, uh, to uh, visit my mom before she passed, and. Are you ready for the story of what happened when she passed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I get the call. And my brother, um, and it was weird. It was raining out in Canada and, and the flight was late. And But something happened. I was with another medium and at the airport. And I wasn't pacing back and forth. Get me on a helicopter. I was quite calm, Bob. I don't know if it was shock. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was just quite calm. And my brother's texting me, Where are you now? Where are you now? Right up to the door of the place. So I get there. And my brother Joe, he was in tears, and he said, Johnny, tell her she can go, um, because she's been waiting for you. Now, she was already out of it, okay? So, I have, he left the room, and I just said, Ma, I'm here. I wanted to let you know I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And my other brother left the room, I wanted my time. And then they came back in the room. Yep, yep. I still remember this, Bob, you know, we're we're holding her, we're hugging her, we're stroking her hand and saying, Ma, it's okay to go, it's going to be okay. Because she was all about her kids. And I knew the only reason why she's staying here was for her kids. Um, so I'm blessed that she waited, Bob. You she really waited. Okay. And I said to her once, I don't think I'm going to be there when you pass away because I'm always traveling. She goes, you'll be there. And I'm like, I don't know. Sure enough. She's the <laughs> psych. She was right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So this, is, this is what happened. So we're looking at my mom on the bed. I've got my brother Joe to my right, my brother Danny to my left. and. I'm just sitting there, and I wasn't looking for spirit people. I was just in the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, mom, and my brothers, and my two sisters um, already left. So, just as I'm sitting there, Bob, now have you ever felt when someone stands behind you? hmm Just feel it without looking. And many people know that. You could be in line, and someone steps close and invading your space.
0: Right.
1: As soon as I'm looking at my mom, I felt my grandmother come into the room. I didn't see her. I didn't see a puff of smoke or, or her walk in and wave to me. I just felt her presence. Yeah, yeah. And then I felt my grandfather, then my then her sister, and then another relative. And I looked at my brother Joe. I said, Joe, they're here for her. And I looked at him. He said, What are you talking about? I said, Joe, they're here to take her now. Tell her it's okay. So he started crying. He said, No. And I got emotional. I'm getting emotional now. It's okay. but yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful experience. And then I said to her, I said to my brothers, Put your hand on her chest, Joe. You know. So we followed her breathing. Okay. And ninety minutes after I arrived there, I said, Joe, they're here to take her. And you know, she and just in within that minute her chest rose and I said they're here to take her now. And she left, Bob. Oh my god. Beautiful beautiful experience. But I mean I get emotional still. Yeah. But uh, wow. It's um and I always will get emotional when I tell that story because I was blessed and now granted I wasn't expect I didn't know what I've never been right there when somebody passed away, so they really do come and get you. And I think my brothers also felt the presence. I mean, hmm. I said to my brother Joe too, and I can joke about this too. I said, "God, was that good timing?" You know, and it was. <laughs> I'm like, I said they're here, but literally, I felt them. And and she just needed that release, and I felt them come in the room and get her, and she left beautifully, Bob. Oh my it, God! It, it, it was a sad experience, but a beautiful experience. Yeah, it sounds and, it.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm emotional hearing it. This is the second time I've heard it, and. And I'm sure the people watching it's hard to hold back the tears when you hear something like that. That's a beautiful experience, one that i am sure a lot of people wish they had um and but how nice to know that that's the way it happens and right and and it, the it, interesting thing is you're a medium right um but there are people who
1: are not mediums who do have these right. experiences right It's just I mean, yeah, absolutely you're yeah. gonna feel. Um, and it's funny too when when she passed away, I didn't look right at her body anymore. I looked up and said, Gomar, it's okay, you know yeah. what I mean in case she was hovering and looking down, yeah, and um, but there are experiences, and but i don't I want people to who are listening to this too if you're not there when somebody passed away, do not beat yourself up, okay. My mom waited for us, okay? It waited for me to get off that plane, you know, 90 seconds afterwards. Actually, it was like 100 minutes. She passed away, 90, uh, 90 to 100 minutes. But there's gonna come times when you may not be there. Do not beat yourself up. Um, there are some parents that are gonna wait till all the kids go to Dunkin' Donuts and then decide to go. So don't. The yeah. soul knows when it wants to. Don't beat yourself up. And a friend of mine, she was upset because her mother said she didn't wanna pass alone, and the mother did pass alone. That was the mother's sole choice, not to put the family through it. So don't beat yourself up. And there are experiences. I didn't have a um I had the experience of feeling them come into the room to get her, but there are you know, Raymond Moody's work too, shared death experiences. Mm. You know, and where someone passes away and you go into the uh you follow them up and you feel yourself floating. And I, I read one story where, you know, she wasn't allowed to go anymore and she and she came back. So that's new, this whole shared life uh death experience. But yeah. it's um it's beautiful, but they do, and there's all kinds of signs too. If your loved one has seen someone who has passed away, mm-hmm. talk to them and say, "Well, what is Daddy saying? Yeah. What is this one saying? What is this?" One? It's, it may not be uh, the drugs; they're actually um, coming to get them. That's right. Always people that have passed away too, Bob, that come to get them. You know, they never see anyone who is alive. It's the people that have gone on before them.
0: No, exactly, and and you know, I I do know that when when people hear about these stories and uh, they they first of all they wonder you know why why didn't i have that experience but so many people uh have had the experience that you mentioned they, they went yeah. to the cafeteria in the hospital and they came back and their loved one passed and they don't understand why that happened and There are so many reasons, you know, there are just so many reasons. So, you know, just a a couple that you mentioned. And then, you know, there's the idea of, you know, for their own dignity. Some people just for their own dignity, you know, there's all sorts of things that happen physically when a body passes. Oh, yeah. Maybe they just didn't want that you to be there when that happened. Or their soul has reasons why that may be. Or there might be somebody in, in the room or among the family. They just didn't feel as though they could handle that um that loss in that way to see him or they didn't want them that to be the last thing that they that person remembered sure. right lots of reasons we can't really question that right
1: right and I, I i did enough reading i knew the signs of when someone's gonna pass what the body does so um i don't care how much reading you do i wasn't really prepared when i walked into that room but i was i mean i just yeah. took control um but yeah i but i recommend that people just just read a little yeah. Yeah. Read a bit. yeah that's it um how would you
0: say that uh, understanding the afterlife comforts people, comfort pe- people's grief? Again, both with the work that you do and having gone through your own experience, how do you think understanding the afterlife helped with your grief in
1: all sorts of different ways? Well, um, knowing that, they're, that they are okay helps some people. I've done many readings, where, especially for parents, knowing that their kid does go on and they'll give validation that they're still around in their life, yeah. but knowing that there's an afterlife, um doesn't necessarily take away the the bereavement especially for me too and I'm mm. a medium
0: mm. uh,
1: i know she's okay okay and when i'm when i when i'm at my saddest i still give her the credit for pulling herself out of that her strength uh and she wouldn't want us to be sad but i know that I'll see her again, Bob. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I've had three dreams of her already. Okay. I've had dreams my other sister's getting doves and lights blinking, and I'm like, I want the dove. <laughs> I like but she has come to me. And of course my mother's with the sister that really needs her. So <laughs> That's uh, right. I've had dreams about my mom. And in those dreams, um, it's weird. I know she's passed away, and she still says to me in the dreams, I'm just resting. Mm. I'm just resting. Okay. Uh, she doesn't look sick. She says, I'm just uh resting. So knowing an out that there is an afterlife, yeah uh, I don't I don't believe it, Bob. I know it. Yeah. You know I, so I know it. But it's um, you know, it, it does help and you know, you do the work and I haven't run to a medium yet myself, Bob, yet. You know, and yeah. people first of all, I don't want to go to someone who knows me because once they see John Holland walks in the room, I don't wanna you, know, you yeah. know, So I may go when I feel when someone goes, Why don't you go? It I'll go when it's when I'm supposed to go. That's Bob. right. Yeah, you'll yeah. know it. You'll know it.
0: Yeah. Um, and then just knowing, not as a medium, but as any, any one of us, any human being, knowing that we can communicate with them anytime we want. Um, I, I mean, anytime you've done these events, I, you always get messages for people. You always get messages for people in the audience. And yep. uh, how would you describe the idea that our loved ones you know, are around us? So if we want to talk to them, they're going to get that message understanding yes they're not just focusing on us all the time understanding like with you with all the siblings jenny is able to focus on every one of their lives and know what's going on with them but anytime that someone wants to communicate with them in prayer just speak out loud to them write a letter to them she's aware of that uh how how does that happen
1: how what what do you have to say about any of that well people still they're still probably wondering john you're a medium why don't you just dial your mother direct okay well first of all I'm too close to it. Um, I, when, when I read for someone, I, I don't want to know anything about them. So when I feel uh, my mom, I can feel her. It's not like she's going to poof right in front of me, okay, with her Italian sauce. I wish. You know? <laughs> me too. But, yeah, me too. Give me those <laughs> But she, uh, I'll feel her. And it's, it's really strange, Bob. Now when I do my group gatherings, like, you know, the, it opens up, I, I, it's weird. It's almost like I feel her in the background when I'm doing my work, okay? Yeah. But if I was to link with my mom, i have to make sure it's not my imagination. But for the people who want to link with someone on the side, what I say to do, Bob, and I write this in my books too, in Spirit Whisperer, take out the happy pictures of your loved one, okay? Mm-hmm. The one where their eyes are bright, because too many people that have lost someone, whether an accident, um, they're remembering, just like you said, how they look before they pass. They don't look like that anymore. Find the happiest pictures you have of them with their eyes, because, you know, the eyes are the window to the soul. Look for those happy eyes. Put the picture there. Light a candle, you know, from a dollar store, and just be quiet, and just talk to them. Because I always say your loved ones are just a thought away. Keep talking to them in your mind because it's it's all telepathic, it's all mind thought. So just be in a nice place, and you may feel a warmth on your shoulder. You may feel a kiss. Yeah. You may get a blinking light. Um, you're lucky you get the dove. Okay, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> what happens too, Bob? Those on the other side, they try to get our attention all the time, whether it's dreams, smells electricity, finding the pennies, but us as humans, we always explain it away. Hmm. We, even me, upstairs in my kitchen, where my uh, pencils are in my phone, pencils started moving. And I said, oh, it must have been my hand going across the, you know, the air that, come on, it's not a typhoon hand. It's um, <laughs> And I just said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm explaining it away like most people do. And I said, I, all I did was I said, oh, right, thanks, ma.'" Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Who yeah. say that they're gonna be signs, and they're trying, they're trying to get your attention all the time. But I learned this from Suzanne Northrop. Okay, she said once, those on the other side take their cues from you. If they know that you're nervous or very sensitive, still very emotional, they're not gonna come right away. If it's gonna get you upset, so you need to wait. Or when you are ready for a visitation, or that feeling, or the dream, you need to say to your loved one, "I'm ready. Come any you want. Don't demand." Don't demand the knock. Don't demand the radio going on. But they're going to come in their own way, in their own time.
0: No, yeah. that's that's great advice because I do know people like their 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 sister will have had a dream. They'll have the dream visitation where the love you know the right. parent will say comes to visit them in the dream, and the, and the other you know they're upset. Why why did it go to my sister and not me? Right. And, and that may be very well why right there.
1: Just what you said, you know. Well, if if say one sister is the stronger, and the mum will go to her, or the dad and the other one emotional, they won't. And sometimes, if the parent or the loved one can't get to any family members, they are going to go to the neighbor Yeah. Then yeah. people um, have had uh, messages from their neighbors saying, "I dreamt of your dad last night," you know, or "I dreamt of your mom," or the guy at the store. Trust me, they know. If they can't get to their family, they're like, "Oh God, they're too nervous. I wanna go to Joe next door. Okay, sure. he's okay." So they're gonna they're gonna do it.
0: That's right. yeah. and and skepticism plays a role, too. Let's just talk about the limitations of of how understanding the afterlife um, really doesn't help with our grief. and and I, you, you, you talked about some of them, really. I mean, it's like the physical presence, right? I mean, we miss their physical presence. Absolutely. we can't we can't hug them, right? Um, their companionship, obviously, you spend a lot sure. of time with your mom, you Absolutely. know, things you can't do anymore. Just that void that they leave in our life. Are there any other things that you've noticed uh, since she's she's been gone? That reasons that you're grieving, that the, the causes of it, that understanding the afterlife does
1: not help. Um. I mean, it's great that I know that they go on, but like I said, I'll have a grief attack. Mm. Um And as we get older, too. Um. I'm, I don't know about you, Bob, but as we get older, we're in the sandwich generation. Okay. Anyone's in their forties, fifties, or something we are taking care of our children but watching our elderly ones grow okay i mean uh... Yeah. grow older yeah. you know what i mean Yeah. so you're like oh my god every and some people once again who are watching this are saying oh my god is everybody getting sick around me it depends what age you're at too Bob. yeah you know? yeah um but knowing that there's an afterlife um you know it does help but there are times where i have to get them a medium bob and i'll hear a song on the radio or um I just spent some time with my aunt, uh, mm-hmm. my mom's sister, mm-hmm. so being with my aunt, she looks so much like my mother, um, brought up memories of my mom and I, and my aunt started crying in the car because my mom was her best friend, so mm-hmm. once she gets emotional, I started getting emotional too, so even though I, I know there's an afterlife, yeah, you still get, you know, yeah. sometimes it, it, it does help me as a medium, yeah. uh, especially of all the evidence I've given over the years, but I'm still a man, Bob. You know what I mean. I'm just I'm just a guy, and I'm gonna you know continue to miss her. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Even though we know that we'll see them again, we know that we're not gonna see them again in this lifetime. And just that thought alone just you know you know brings the tears to to, to your
1: eyes. You just want to hear their voice, Bob, too, one more time. But luckily, luckily, because of iPhones. Yes. Uh, I did a lot of recordings of my mother, okay? So I have her in the hospital. I have her when she was over here. I have her voice. So, uh, you know, I've got that. And some people don't have that. Some people may have someone, um, they had their voice on an answer machine, they accidentally deleted it. Do you know what I mean? So it's the voice that I want to hear. And, you know, me and my mom, I I miss the joking, but I still talk to her in my mind, saying, Ma, you there? Or, Ma, look at this. And, yes, last night it was the Patriots game. Yeah. My mom was a huge, huge. My brother Joe got her into a huge. And I tweeted, do you think they're watching from heaven or do you think they're watching from the other side? So <laughs> when my mom was, uh, when that game was on, I bet you my mom, you know, that's going to bring up memories for my brother Joe. They always watch yeah. the game together. Yeah. Yeah. What, they, what did they do to honor that? He went over his friend Michael's house and he lost his mom near, uh, near a Super Bowl. So they brought pictures of, the, of our moms and put them there. So it's oh. almost like the mothers are watching uh, watching the TV, uh, watching the game with
0: them. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that. I yeah. love that. That's so nice. Let's talk a little bit before we wrap up about uh, cemeteries, about grave and burial yes. sites. You know, I guess mm. the message that I want to give people is that, you know, it's a great monument to honor
1: our loved ones, Absolutely. but they don't live there. Can you just expand upon that? Well, being Irish, Italian, Catholic, when, when my mom's family heard that she wouldn't even have a gravestone, um, she was okay with that. Um, she was like, don't waste the money. You know, I know I'm not there, but my Catholic relatives had an issue with it. They said, well, where are we supposed to go to see her? Mm. Well, it ain't not that it's not there, but if I, I don't I'm not putting that down. If you feel, I mean, uh, if you have that monument or your picture at the grave or that stone of your family, member, that's fine. That could be your place yeah. for your special talk with them. Some people feel they need to go to a place. Mm. I don't. Okay, mm. um, but I'm not putting you know graveyards down. It depends on the need, Bob. You know what I mean? It's. Um, I stuck to what my mother wished. Yes. Okay, she did, and you know, her ashes have been in different places. Um, she's in England. She's uh, um, she's uh, she's buried here. Uh, there's a few other places too. She's going to be scattered all over the gra- all over the world probably. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially Foxwoods and uh, the casino, <laughs> where she used to go to. Right. She loved that. And I think she'd be laughing on the other side. But I honor people that have. Um, um, a place to go and mm. if you feel like that's what you want and maybe your loved one want that it's good to talk about it most people don't and then it's too late You yes. know what I mean? so have no regrets just talk to them and, and hopefully that loved one will be ready for for that conversation
0: that's right and and uh, again uh... i'll just sort of reiterate if the cemetery, the, the grave stone, the gravesite is a, is a it's, yep. it's a great place to go because it, it, ta- it has us take our time out of our lives to go there and focus on that person, and it's wonderful and it's spiritual. But whether you want to go to church or you want to go to a tree you know, or a park that you spent time together in, whatever it may be, yep. that's good too because that's not where they live. They'll follow you around wherever you want to go and and so if you want to take the time and think about them wherever, uh, they're going to be happy with that. Right,
1: and I've never had anybody come through. i had people say, um, if a medium was to come through and uh, my mom comes through and said, your mom said you, you, you did everything she wanted to, hmm. that's you know, that's great, yeah. but there's going to come times where you're going to think, um, The person was supposed to have a burial, but you decided cremation. I've never, ever in the twenty years, the two decades I'm doing this work, have I had anyone come through on the other side upset that you cremated them instead of buried them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I had people say thank you for taking care of me. You you followed my wishes, but they're not upset if you decide. You know what I mean? That's the overcoat. That's they. They don't take that with them. That's not who they are. This is just a, a temporary housing for the real you, which is the soul. That's right.
0: Yeah. Um all right just to wrap up let's talk about some resources you know books recommendations of websites anything that you might have used to help with your own grieving, or that you recommended to your family members, or that you've recommended to your clients or audience members over the years. Anything that stands out to you? You mentioned uh,
1: David Kessler's, Kessler's it, it, books. It, yeah, through Hay House Vision, Trips, and Crowded Room. It's beautiful. It's the stories of what people see before they pass away. And that's from doctors, nurses, healthcare. So that's helpful. And that'll prepare you for when your relative starts um, seeing people on the other side. Um, wherever your mom is sick, um, every book is different, but There's so many. Know the stages of bereavement too. Okay, mm. the five stages. Um, on my website, johnholland.com, under the links page, there's a whole bereavement section there that people can go to. Mm-hmm. But even even at hospitals or hospices or long term care places, there's always little booklets. Mm. Um, now I've got books that were this big on bereavement, you know, because I write about it too. Yeah. Uh, but David's book and any pamphlets that the hospital gives you, I recommend. It doesn't have to be um, this. The, it, the small booklets that help you to be prepared, because by being prepared, you're helping your loved one also.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you triggered because of David uh, Elizabeth Kubler Ross, of course. Just you know, Absolutely. she's not with us anymore. But boy, you know, one of the first books I ever read when I was investigating this field after my father passed, and they they were just really enormously helpful, and
1: I know they have been for other people. Oh, David's website too, Bob. What it's the biggest to Grief dot com. Oh, jeez. Okay. Grief.com. He owns that and it's a wonderful resource. Wonderful. We, can, we can remember that one. Grief.com. Yep. Uh you're at Johnholland.com. What can people yep. find on your website? Uh upcoming events, of course, right? I got upcoming events. I do small groups. I mean, I'm all over the United States and, and I'm teaching and I'm honored to do this work, Bob, and I'm still fascinated too. And um, I'll say to people when someone gets a good reading, yeah, I'm a good mailman, I can deliver a good message, but I gotta Put the faith and i mean and the i got to give kudos to the people on the other side they're the ones that are coming through so it's good to watch um it's good to watch a medium yeah. and but i don't want someone who's watching bob if you lose someone do not run to a medium right away i've had people come to me when i was doing private said they just lost somebody two weeks ago and yeah. i said no 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 you're still they're still if you think about it, they're still going to the shock the denial the the five stages yeah. so Wait a while because those on the other side, I really believe this, Bob, too. When somebody passes, they're getting used to the other side still. They're getting used to being back home. You know what I mean? Checking things out, saying hello. I say wait three months, okay? So you're in a better place. I had one woman come to see me and she just wasn't there. It was too soon, you know? So I had to say, look, you're, you're not ready. So um, my site offers a lot. Your site offers a lot, too. So just do the research and it's okay to talk about it guys okay yeah. um and you may have a sibling that doesn't want to talk about it like i did i didn't have that option bob so try to get the support remember even caretakers need need uh, some love too that's right yeah
0: and 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 just finally then hey house radio you have a show on hey house
1: radio hey house radio every monday uh every monday at 3 p.m. on the east coast 12 p.m. Um, on the west coast and a lot of people say well what station is it on it's internet radio it's totally <laughs> free and <laughs> Next month I've been doing the show for 7 years so plenty of guests and bereavement counselors and you know up in you know Brian Weiss is going to be on next month too to wow. celebrate our event in Boston so thank you Bob and you know good luck with this site I, I just I see the numbers going up on your Facebook so I know people are watching so thank you I and
0: We're doing great. You're
1: the first person in the media that I've uh, talked to about the law so thank you.
0: Well that's what I wanted I just end with that. Thank you for sharing and opening yourself up in such a generous way, intimate way. Uh, we haven't had a guest yet who has, who has had the opportunity um, to do it, and I just think, wow, you know, just what a powerful story you have. I, I hope that it's going to come out in a book uh, in more detail in, in the future. It will. And uh, I know that I appreciate it, and I know everybody else does. So thanks, John. You're welcome, Bob. Take care. I love you, man. Love you, man. All right.